Oh, that's right. I was going to say you can't tell because my video's off now, but I did wear like a pink and blue shirt. Um, oh. Because uh, I was because I was feeling cool and fresh. Damn. Um, also, I have because like... I'll just, I'll say it. The trans flag is prettier than the rainbow flag. Rainbow flag's kind of gaudy. It's hot take. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I really like the, I think some people call it like the Philadelphia one or the pen, or the pit. What, what is it? You know which one I'm talking about where it's got like. It's like brown, black, and then pink, blue, and white, and then that's like a like a little pyramid on the rainbow flag. Oh, oh yes, I know what you're talking that about. One's I've like, seen that before. We all need to get behind that flag. Like that's but it's the like flag. the rainbow and also the trans colors and also like the Black oh, Lives yes, Matter yes, yes. colors. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I no, I dig that one. I get it. I appreciate it. I think it's ugly, like the aesthetically, <laughs> and, I hate, and I hate to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. I get it. It's a little bit like edit, you know? Yeah. Anytime a queen on drag race wears like a rainbow pride dress, I'm like, I, I appreciate it, but like, this is not pretty. <laughs> Nina West, love you. Love you <laughs> dearly, Nina. <laughs> I won't tell her. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm cutting that in case she listens, actually. Let's hope. Let's hope um, she doesn't Welcome to Gay for Play. Oh wait, actually, let me try that again. Welcome to Gay for Play. Nope, that was that was a little no. lucky charms. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. I like it. A little too <laughs> lucky charms. <laughs> okay. Welcome to Gay for Play, a podcast about all things queer in the world of video games, pop culture, and beyond. I'm Eric Solis. And hello, 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 loves. <laughs> I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. And guess what? I'm the new Duke of Edinburgh, isn't it? <laughs> You know, oh, Phil, Phil, he went and died now. He went and kicked the bucket. And so I was just passing by the palace. I happened to see the queen. She was like, oi, you need a new duke. You want to be the Duke of Edinburgh? And I was like, why not, mate? So, you know, got, my t- got me titles. <laughs> I'm ending the call. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> who, uh, who, is, who are we talking to right now? Who is this? We- <laughs> you didn't Hi, say your everyone. name. I don't even know who Wait, who did I is not? It? I thought I did. It probably got lost in the sauce. I'm Lawrence Turner Cordova. Hi, everyone. Uh, and if you're still listening, this is, I said, Gay for Play, Gay a for video play. game podcast. And uh, yeah, uh, we're, we're going we're going to uh, not jolly old Ireland. What do people say? We're, the, we're going across the pond, across, aren't we? Across the pond Wait. to Ireland this week. Um, we've got a special guest this week. Would you like to introduce yourself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, hello. Uh, I'm here too. <laughs> We're joined by Jasmine Mosbar. Hello. That's my name. Hi, I'm Jasmine Hi. Mosbar. Hi. Also, Hi. also, I'm uh, the, the the bit's done now. I want to I want to do the podcast. Okay, now. good. Okay. I was like, I don't yeah, want to miss I, this. I, I can't. I can't sustain an accent in the public for, sphere for more than two minutes. Um, mm-hmm. 
Jasmine, we are so happy to have you. You wrote yourself a cute little uh, intro, so I'm just going to go ahead and read it, if that's I. Oh, thank goodness. That's much better than me trying to stumble through it. Go yes. for it. Go for it. Jasmine <laughs> Mosbar, she is an actor, comedian, writer, and theater practitioner, uh, usually based in Los Angeles-ish. She prides herself uh, in her work as an activist and advocate for the transgender community through different mediums, including public speaking, sensitivity training, and creative consultation on trans characters and narratives in film and theater and today video games mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's looking forward to expanding her role as a creative consultant to the world of queer narrative storytelling within the games industry uh yeah so we are like so well hey today. <laughs> just like today. here we are i wow. mean when when me and lawrence both only just met you pretty recently doing cabin 12 um the animal crossing play with juvenalia but you like offhandedly mentioned that you were like getting into creative queer consulting and games and i was like oh well and she has to be on the show literally yeah. my first thought i was like oh no literally perfect. we were in rehearsals and like you mentioned it and like eric texted me and we were like well we need to get jasmine on the show <laughs> like, what beautiful synergy <laughs> i'm so uh beyond elated to join i i love just talking about queer stuff in games especially when it's queer stuff in games yes. so what a what a match made in heaven in podcast heaven yes in gay heaven <laughs> gay podcast heaven where which we where we will all go when we die yes mm-hmm. <laughs> i sure hope so <laughs> so before we get into everything how's everybody doing oh you know <laughs> um i have a uh an appointment for a vaccine tomorrow. <gasps> yes. Oh my gosh. I just Crossed got my fingers. I just got my number two on Friday. Oh my god. I'm getting Amazing. I'm getting my second uh not tomorrow, next week. Um oh. so we're all Nobody's on our way to Vax City. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, are you, are you getting your first? <laughs> Amazing. Um I went to because they were like, your county is expanding eligibility. And I was like, okay. And so I scheduled an appointment. And the only thing I could find was in Scotts Valley, um, which is like Wait, by Santa Cruz. You're in the Bay Area. Oh, my gosh. I oh. am in the Bay Area. Ah, I thought you were I, currently I'm, in L.A. I'm usually in L.A. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'd like to be post-apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is where I have been um, for the duration of the uh, apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. uh-huh, you're, not, uh-huh. you're not missing much. Don't worry about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's not much to do there right now, but that's where I was in the before-before times, and, you know, that's, that's where most of my chosen family is, Ooh, except nice. for my cat, but other than that. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, but your cat can travel. <laughs> yeah. Can cats be chosen I family? I feel like a cat doesn't choose any oh. doesn't choose anything about people. <laughs> More like chosen feeder, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Oh, so sad. <laughs> oh man. I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I wanted to ask, because I have been wondering, how how did you even get involved with Cabin 12? I had never even like heard of you. No shade. Uh, I'm glad I know you now, but I was like, I I didn't go to school with this person. Aurelia's never mentioned them before. Where did you come from? Um, Well, if you say Animal Crossing three times into the mirror, Mm. uh, I appear. Uh, Mm -hmm. As Barb herself. As as Mango. Um, I um, was sitting there. Barbecue sauce on my teeth. Um... (laughs) I'm fluent in Vine, if you didn't know. Um, <laughs> Incredible. Uh, no, I was I was pretty much doing nothing one day in quarantine. 
Um, and Fran, um, one of... We know Fran. Uh, okay, you know Fran. Um, uh, Fran from In the Margins, uh, dear friend, uh, was like, hey, uh, we're co-producing a play in Animal Crossing. Do you want to um, come and... Uh, what was the word they used? Um, uh, 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 workshop it with them. Workshop Yeah, nice. Yeah. Because um, really, I was having a little session of just sort of figuring out what is possible in the realm of Animal Crossing mm-hmm. as a place for performance. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hopped on a Zoom, and we hopped on the game, um, and just kind of messed around. And kind of throughout the uh, session, I was like, oh, well, you could do this. And like, oh, you want to do that? Well, you could do this. Oh, you can make letters. Oh, you can move this stuff around. Oh, you can make a little stage like this. Um, cause I have too many hours logged in. Well, no, most because of you do. are, we were just saying before the show, you are now credited on broadwayworld.com. <laughs> as, as what was it? Yes. I am the Animal Crossing New Horizons mechanics expert. Mechanics expert. expert it's at the top of my resume now. <laughs> yeah. I think first, first actual, like, um, actual expert. <laughs> I don't know. Mm-hmm. In, I, a, in, a, in, a, in a formal article, you have been called an expert, so we do have an actual live living expert today. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I assume if you search Broadway World, I will come up as the only Animal Crossing New Horizons <laughs> mechanics expert. Hey, it's a niche industry, but someone's got to do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, if you're having improv night in Animal Crossing on the island, uh, contact me. I'm the expert. But yeah, okay, so let's talk about some game stuff, or some new stuff, because first of all, this isn't some new stuff, but we are a podcast about video games, pop culture, and beyond. And beyond, girl. I did want to start out by um, saying that the Renaissance is here, uh, art pops justice era. (laughs) Okay, what what was this about? I saw this very, I saw your tweet and I was very confused. So, art pop, Lady Gaga's... um, commercial commercial and critical failure of an album in 2013 which i love to bits mm-hmm. uh, it's delightful it is back on the charts it's currently at the time of this recording number two on the itunes charts and number one on the Whoa. pop music charts what number happened? two what? number two only behind uh taylor swift's uh fearless taylor's version which is also a bop um <laughs> but no basically a bunch of little monsters were just like uh justice for art pop let's get this album to number one and make lady gaga notice it so that she uh makes art pop part two uh and she finally responded today she said uh in a couple tweets or like last night um she said the the petition to hashtag buy art pop on iTunes for a volume two has inspired a tremendous warmth in my heart. Making this album was like heart surgery. I was desperate in pain and poured my heart into electronic music that slammed harder than any drug I could find. I fell apart after I released this album. Thank you for celebrating something that once felt like destruction. We always believed it was ahead of its time. Years later, it turns out sometimes artists know. And so do little monsters. Pause up. <laughs> Oh, wow. I love that. That's profound. I Yeah, I'm just so happy because that album slaps uh, and has kind of like been forgotten because it was like kind of a failure, but lots of hits, lots of hits on that one. I, I remember that album coming out and really liking it and then just hearing a lot of critical opinions of it. And then I was like, I guess it's not good. All right. I'll, I'll keep listening to it, though. I don't yeah. know. 
It was definitely like Lady Gaga, like performing fame at, in like a very heightened version. Mm-hmm. And like that was performing. like the pe- the peak of that. Like I am famous. Yeah, yeah, but like there was such a like uh, wink and a nod to it, and like so many of the songs were hits. It, it did also have a few flops on it. Famously, there was a collaboration with R. Kelly <laughs> that is no longer on the album. <laughs> right, like it's it got taken down. But also, there's a Christina version. Right? Yes, yes, there is. Um, so justice for because it. it <laughs> It's a good song yeah. when Christina Aguilera is the person who's exactly, featured in it, for yeah. sure. Um, is that the album with applause on yes. it? Yes. Am mm. I mistaken? Okay. That's so funny, because over the last two weeks, I've, like, remembered how much I love that song, and I've yes. been listening to that, like, just while driving and, like, playing games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't know that I was, without knowing, inadvertently uh, contributing to that, so... Well. Art and pop culture is in you now, too. Yes. Oh. It's in all of us. <laughs> at work, applause used to play. And, like, at the end, whatever I was doing, I would always do the little, like, um, you know how it goes, A-R-T-P-O-P, and she, like, spells it out with mm-hmm. her hands. I would, like, A-R-T-P-O-P. always drop whatever I was doing and do that little gesture. <laughs> 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 like, the pure fajot that I am. <laughs> I was just going to say, this has been a very gay episode. We're not even to the meat of it yet. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Anyways, uh, buy Art Pop on iTunes. Make it go number one. Uh, let's get to some game stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm um, ready for the, the Art Pop spinoff game. Yes, please. I mean, it's already like a techno dream, I feel like. Making mm-hmm. a video game ooh, be... Dream feel? Yes. Take ooh, notes? Ooh. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, real quick, also in news, uh, E3 is back, back, back with a vengeance. Um, Hallelujah. Yeah, E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, uh, which is like the yearly summer showcase for the video game industry, uh, got canceled last year due to COVID, was also like a little bit struggling. It didn't. It seemed like it had kind of lost its way. Um, I don't know if y'all remember, but like the year before, they got in a lot of hot water because like they had like a data breach on their website and like and their, their like oversight led to like a ton of like media journalists getting doxxed and it was just like... Oh, shit. Real bad news all around, and then, like, it also seemed like they were trying to lean into, like, uh, let's get influencers and, like, uh, stuff in here, and it just seemed like E3 was kind of losing their way a bit, so, like, in a way... And also, they're, like, Nintendo sort of doing their directs, and then other companies kind of followed and sort of doing their own ways Sony, of, like, yeah. releasing Sony their own pulled media out. news. Yeah. Sony pulled out, which was, like, a huge, huge moment. Um, so it seemed like E3 was kind of, like, on its last legs a little bit. And then, of course, uh, COVID shut it down last year. But it's back this year as, like, an all-digital event. Um, so I'm excited. I mean, like... I am, too. And I think it'll be really cool. I, I missed it last year very much. Yeah. it's You said digital? or Yes, it's all digital and it's all okay. free. So, like... Oh, nice. Anyone can just tune in and see all the announcements. You don't have to pay to go to the L.A. Convention Center. <laughs> that's that's good. Yeah, good so, yeah, I'm excited. I hope that it's like, that, it, you know, they spark some life into it. Um, looking forward to seeing what Yeah, because it's there. nice. Because it's, I, I, I like the idea of like, oh, if all these companies do their own reveals and then we'll just have like reveals happening always throughout the year. But I like the week where you just know every day you're going to get, like, a new, at least one cool piece of video game news. Um, yeah. Right. And, like, I mean, we have the Game Awards, which is, you know, like... Whatever. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I was going to say, like, more than that, E3 always kind of feels like gamers' Oscars season. Like, there's no mm-hmm. awards being given out, but it's, like, kind it's of... It's the, the preview moment. of, like, what are we going to... sure. 
It's like, what are you going to wear to the runway? But like, what are you bringing to the stage for E3? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So going yeah, back to the room. Man, I told myself 2020 was going to be the year that I went to uh, conventions finally. <laughs> hey. Oh my gosh, womp, yes. womp. Womp, womp. <laughs> uh, I can't wait to, <laughs> to go to a convention and, and uh, suffer in the best way again. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Looking forward to it. Oh, man. Also, we have uh, more Last of Us news. We've been talking a lot about The Last of Us the last couple of weeks. Um, and oh, boy. We're going to be talking about it um, because um, apparently I found this out that Sony is remaking The Last of Us Part 1 for the PS5. Mm-hmm. The game yep. from 2013 is now getting a remake less than 10 years later. Yeah. Ain't that nice? Ain't that something? <laughs> Which, like, cool, good for fans. (laughs) Honestly, I mean, the first argument I heard that made the most sense was like, oh, it's because they're going to do the TV show. They want something to, like, release along the show when the show comes out. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that that is my theory number one. Yeah, so this news came out in a um, Bloomberg article by Jason Schreier, who was looking at, like, uh, who was, like, interviewing uh, Sony employees. And basically the report was talking about how Sony is, like... uh, Focusing on, like, blockbuster hits and is, uh, you know, kind of doubling down on its biggest franchises. Which, you know, like, it doesn't bode super well. (laughs) You know, like, uh, I feel like game companies thrive best when they're willing to take risks and, you know, create new experiences. That's what The Last of Us was when it came out in 2013. Yeah. Like, Mm. And so, yeah, I don't know. It it feels to me like they're resting on their laurels a little bit. And also, you know, just trying to capitalize on the fact that, you know, Last of Us... 2 was huge and now it's getting this HBO series and you know they want to remaster it for the PS5 but it's like maybe make new games for your PS5 because like you came out and like one of your only games was a remake of Demon's Souls <laughs> so like I don't yeah. know like I, I, I want I, 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 this is like a mixed bag of news and, and, and just I'm honestly like what are you gonna do like it'll it, if it looks a little bit nicer than Last of Us Part 2 and the gameplay is the same that is so not yeah, gonna be worth thing, it like, I'm like what are you going to do to the game like good remakes have like something really significant or special yeah. or compelling about like the mechanics or the visual design but if you're just gonna do like a high res game and like maybe update the mechanics a little bit to match what was in Part 2 like that is going to be that's gonna be so like lukewarm. Like it was gonna, I'm not gonna care. Yeah. Well, plus they just did a, a remaster version, like not exactly, even like yeah. a year and a half ago or so. And it looks great. Yeah, yeah, the one, <laughs> like, the one that, fine. the one for the PS4 that came out like a year after the PS3 version is like the definitive one. You, <sighs> yeah, exhausting. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. It's just weird. Yeah. You know, I don't. I, I'm a I'm a big Last of Us fan mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I have my giant Ellie statue behind me, uh, and I oh I don't need that. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like <laughs> remake. I remember it. Mm-hmm. I remember it just fine. Like I'd rather them work on something new, yeah. you know, um, or you know, Last of Us Part Three, mm-hmm. which I I heard in uh, you guys' episode previously. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's previous to this one. Yeah, it'll be the one. The really schedules. Oh, okay. Um, which I feel like I could do a whole podcast on. <laughs> You guys' episode of your podcast oh about gosh. The Last of Us Part <laughs> oh 2. Oh my god. Um, come come to our Patreon is... for Jasmine's <laughs> commentary <laughs> on our commentary. I love. <laughs> on our Trans already, for like, Gay for commentary. Play. <laughs> there we yeah. go. Incredible. Um, welcome to Trans for Gay for Play. Yes. Uh, we're talking right about now. Gay for Play is talking about The Last of Us Part <laughs> 2. Um, but you guys mentioned that uh, 
you don't think there's going to be a third game. You don't think there's um, going to be a part I said, three? I, I don't want there to be. I don't know if... You I, don't want there I, I could see them making one. I, I felt so satisfied by the end of part two. I think I said, unless they made it about, like, Abby and Lev, because I don't need to see any more of Ellie's that's, side of that's stuff. That's right. Yeah. I, I think we're definitely getting more Abby and Lev. Mm. Um, I, I think there's one more piece of... Ellie's story to be told, and maybe that's coming from bias, but I don't know if enough people are going to want to play that, you know? Like, like I mean, just like you said. Like, I would want to, but I, I, I could see why it just wouldn't, like... Yeah. I, I see why people are super burnt, but I'd, I'd like to see something come to fruition with her, you know, being immune, which was barely touched on in the second part. Yeah. And it's like... Mm-hmm. Whether she, you know, she saves the day or, or she dies trying, like I'd, I'd like to see one little more piece, but I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's going to pan she, out. Like, really, takes control of her destiny if she finally, you know, gets to in her own way. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Or, or how about this? How about Naughty Dog uh, does a remake of Jack and Dexter? Did they do Jack and Dexter? I feel. I think they. Yeah, I think they have a new sequel that just came out. But I like a. If, I'm, I'm saying like if you're gonna like do a remake of any of your classic oh, right. franchises, like I would love a Jack and Daxter or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because oh, they did. Oh, right. I just googled to see if Naughty Dog made Jack and Daxter because I wasn't sure, and like the first headline is Naughty Dog says it isn't working on a new Jack and Daxter. <laughs> well, you heard it but here quote, first. Wishes it was is what they say. Uh-huh. Work, <laughs> work, work, work. Okay, one last piece of news, and then we have to talk about the game. Yes. <laughs> Real quick. We get to. Um, the GLAAD Awards happened uh, just last, I think this last weekend. And um, one of their categories they've had for a couple years now was for outstanding video games. And the GLAAD Award is, you know, the the award show that awards awards to th- things for uh, uh, having queer representation, um, LGBT representation, all kinds of like just ways, ways you can break through in representation and things. And they awarded the winners this year to both Tell Me Why and The Last of Us Part Two for uh, outstanding queer representation, uh, which is awesome. And it's also the first time they've ever given the award to two uh, winners at the same time. Yeah, it's a double crown. Hey, double crown amazing. Well-deserved. That's dope. Honestly. We need, I know we keep saying it, but we need to play Tell Me Why and talk about it soon. <laughs> uh-huh. Have you played it, Jasmine? I'm proud that they finally recognized the Backstreet Boys biopic video game. <laughs> Tell Me Why. Is that NSYNC or is that Backstreet Boys? Ooh, I... Uh, oh my god. We're too, we're too Gen Z for this question. <laughs> oh, I should know the answer, but I don't. I'm pretty sure it's Backstreet Boys. It's Backstreet Boys. <laughs> it is. Yes. I didn't um, just I know. it. I went to my mind palace and figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have played the first chapter uh, twice. I would like to play the rest of it. Mm-hmm. That's not my type of games, like the Life is Strange mm-hmm. kind of game. Yeah. Um, but what is my type of game is trans representation in a game. Yeah. And just, you can tell from the first chapter that it's it's beautifully handled. I love uh, the actor, I'm I'm a big consultant fan of the consultant from Glad who worked on the game. Ooh. Can you be a consultant fan? I am. Um, I believe it was Nick Adams. Um, Nick Adams and um, not our show artist Nick Adams, but very common name. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, wild! <laughs> That'd be crazy. Um, what a busy person they'd be. <laughs> I know it. Right? Um, uh, yeah, but that one's definitely worth your time. Yes, I can't uh, wait for certain. Is is really well. 
Well, speaking handle. of trans representation in video games, let's dive mm. on into our game this week. I'm so excited. Uh, this was on my personal game of the year list last mm-hmm. year. Mm. Uh, and and honestly, it honestly, it might have been on mine if I had played it last year because... Uh... Yep, yep. Uh-huh. Same. Um, without further ado, we're talking about Dream Feels. It found... Ultra music. Wasn't it so incredible, though? I loved the music in this game. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was actually thinking, um, because I was listening to some of the other episodes this weekend of your show, big fan, Um, (laughs) uh, long-time listener, first-time guest. We love to And and recent Patreon subscriber. (laughs) Yes, thank you. And recent Patreon subscriber. You too can join Um, at patreon.com slash gayforplaypod. Thank you. Hey, y'all. And um, just like listening to the Last of Us Part Two episode and hearing, you know, the jangly acoustic guitar music uh, in between, you know, conversation, mm-hmm. I I was just picturing the if found music, the yes. score, what have you, in between our conversations. I was like, I like I get to be on that episode, like <laughs> amazing. It's so oh my God, yeah, it's, it's great. It's like electronic and dreamy. Also, like, I, I, I started weeping during that, like, Irish folk song at the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, it's yeah. gorgeous. But yeah, uh, let's talk about this game. Uh, this is a, a visual novel, inter- like an interactive visual novel developed by Irish indie game studio Dreamfeel and published by our good sis Annapurna. Love her. Always, always giving us the hits. We have uh, to have her on sometime. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, bring to the stage Annapurna. Annapurna. <laughs> Um, so yeah, this is Dreamfield's breakthrough game. They've made a handful of uh, indie games prior to this one, notably a game called Curtain, which is a narrative game about two queer women in a Glasgow punk band uh, that explores like their destructive relationship. Did either of you look up like just videos of this? Um, I did. I saw the trailer. It looks. It looks sick. Yeah, it looks. Yeah, it's now on the top of my list after playing. Yeah, it found same. for sure. <laughs> and it's a free download too. I think you can download it for free on itch.io. Oh really? Yeah. So I'm gonna check that out. Oh damn. Um, ASAP. Uh, yeah, um, what else about this game? Does someone want to take over? Yes, this was directed by Laura McGee, with gorgeous art by Leah. Uh, pronounced Leah, not spelled like that, though Irish is weird. Um. (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. This game is very, very Irish, uh, and goes too late. The first thing I wanted to say is, like, um, we talked, we talked before about, like, how this is a game that, like, uh, isn't trying to be for a cis audience. Um, and, like, I, I kind of had the thought of, like, it's funny how, like, this game doesn't go through any, like, hoops to, like, try to explain the trans experience to people. Uh, it, it, spends also more time... the same, it also doesn't do the same thing for Irish either. I mean... Yeah. It... No, I was going to say, it, like, it, I feel like it spends more time explaining <laughs> Irish culture than it does trying to, like, just explain. trans culture? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. like, like um, there's, like, so many lines of dialogue and there'll be little, like, um, like little, little crosses. Like little definitions, which I really love. I mean, yeah. along, alongside, like, the beauty of the story, I thought it was really cool just learning a bunch of Irish phrases I'd never yeah. heard. Irish cult. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's so funny. Like, it literally has a, a glossary. Yeah. <laughs> after you finish the game, you can look through, and you think, oh, okay, this is a this is a trans game. You know, it's going to be like, what is non-binary? Mm-hmm. And what's what's a packer? What are we, what's HRT? And it's nothing like that, which is 
which is so refreshing mm-hmm. yeah. that it's like, what are rashers? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what's and, a big house? <laughs> and that's and that's one of the one of the things I was so struck by. I think halfway through the game, I was like, wow, they haven't said the word gay or trans or like they don't they don't bother explaining like definitions for queer culture. Like I, that is what I so appreciated just going into the story of this game is like there there is no attempt to like coddle or handhold. Um, people who might not be as familiar with this culture, which honestly I think is the best way to experience, to to share that experience with someone, is just throw them in and show them how it is. Yeah, and also to do it so um, with such narrative tact and depth, like like I I was blown away by the the writing of this story. It felt just mm-hmm. so. Uh, it just felt so. I don't. Like so grounded and <laughs> natural and realistic and yeah. grounded people, is a good word. The people yeah. saying the words and like you know yeah. Oh. Um yeah, we haven't uh, to go over it real quick. The main story of this game it follows uh, Cassio, who's a young trans girl in her early twenties. Uh, she's been um, in college in Dublin, but has returned to her small Irish hometown of um, what's it called? I forget the name of it. Akil. Yeah, Akil. I think it's pronounced. Akil, but it's like a small, uh, small Irish uh, island town. Island, yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's like uh, in De- set in December of 1993, and she's there um, as she's like reconnecting with a group of her queer friends from her hometown and navigating her relationship with her uh, family, both chosen and otherwise. Yes, we love we love like a, a a queer femme 1990s video game queer story, just like Gone Home. Yeah. Uh, so it's not just that story. Uh, this game has a parallel narrative. Uh, mm-hmm. Last of Us Part Two, we love. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a B plot that is like a a sci fi fantasia y sort of uh, space exploration car- uh, uh, story with this character named Cassiopeia, um, who was like on this quest to save the world from being consumed by a black hole. Uh, so when I was playing this game, I just assumed that that was like. Um, part of, like, this story that she had in her journal? Did you... Is that what y'all assumed? Or did you think this was actually, like, happening in a different part of the story somewhere? I... I, I also assumed it was, like, a metaphorical thing that would tie in somehow, especially since, like, uh, she shares a name pretty much with the main character of the game. Right. I I had questions. I also had theories. Mostly right. questions. Mm-hmm. But... Well, right, because the game... The game... The way that the story is presented to us in this game is um, through uh, Cassio's diary. So the game starts, it opens up, and you just start reading journal entries. And the way that you progress through the story in this game is you just have your cursor, um, and you just are erasing the words of the diary. And erasing part of the screen is what takes you to the next part of the screen. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, uh, that's like the entirety of the game. That is the entirety except, of the game. Except for the very um, end, which we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Um, but but to that point, I, I, I assumed that like, oh, okay, so if she has all these like words and drawings in her diaries, this is probably just a comic or something she's drawing in her diary and that's being erased too. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then you know, as the story goes on, this this uh, real life story with Cassio on, on in her town and the story of Cassiopeia in space, they start to intertwine in a very... Uh, metaphorical meta way that we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I, I feel like for that reason, it had to also be happening. And the epilogue also mm. makes me think that it actually happened. Oh, interesting. My, yeah. my prevailing theory is that it's like a branched timeline, Ooh, which you can even yeah. get them talking about that in the epilogue. In the epilogue, um, yeah, there's a moment to say like, what do you think happened? And it's like, 
I don't know, like Split yeah. Universe, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was obsessed with the epilogue, and mm-hmm. yeah. We'll, yeah. I know we'll get we'll to that, too. But... <laughs> and that's all to say, like, yeah, that that is... The, the the meat of this game is is the more grounded real life like story of Cassio and that's for sure that and that is what's beautiful about this game is like this this very like normal human experience you know coming of age ish sort of story being juxtaposed with like this grand we have to save the universe from this black hole but the game like balances the weight of those two conflicts so evenly mm-hmm. um, in a in a really beautiful way is like as the story goes on yeah and it, yeah. it's just. I mean, right off the bat, as like a trans person playing this trans game, trans character, you know, mm-hmm. the trans storyline specifically, like it's so refreshing just in any media that it's, you know, it's not a coming out story. It's yeah. also not a love story, which I find super interesting. And it's not a story of, of violence. Um, it's like, it's a real grounded story and it's it's almost like like the wake of coming out and what happens after because that's like exactly. usually like where a lot of our stories have ended traditionally exactly. and this one really gets into well what does that do to her what does that do to her family yeah how does that affect all of her relationships like what does this do to her mental health yeah. and that's so fascinating and I, and I think it's so much more. A much more refreshing story to tell. Yeah, it's so much more. It's so much more yeah. refreshing because I feel like growing up, anytime I'd see a movie with a gay storyline, it was always either a romance or a coming out thing. And if none of those are like present in your life at the time, or you've moved past them, you know, I want to see stuff about just queer people living their lives and normal everyday things happening to them. And this game very much has tons of elements that feel like that. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah, it should be noted the uh, the director and creator of the game. Laura is a trans woman herself. Um, mm-hmm. The game, it's not autobiographical. Uh, she's, uh, she says, while the story isn't autobiographical, a lot of the feelings are. Um, and yeah, another quote that she said about uh, Cassio is that like uh, when they were making her as a character, they didn't want her to struggle with her own identity, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people around her struggle with their own discomfort of who she is, but she has a very clear sense of herself. I also, I didn't pull the exact quote, but she said something uh, talking about how, like, she didn't want to make Cassio this, like, perfect, uh, you know, this perfect knows-it-all, um, completely oh, yeah. knows-herself human being. Uh, which is yeah. great because something that I think we see a lot in, um, in like, representation of trans people in media is that, like, they have to be, like... Uh, an expert on like <laughs> very <laughs> yeah she um, said um yeah. like laverne cox's character in orange is the new black is a lot like that she's so perfect and like her <laughs> um and, and that's you know i i understand why that happens because i feel like there it's an effort to sometimes want to like portray the ideal queer person for the sake of like mm-hmm. acceptance to show you that but they're just they're just like you and they can be good wonderful people with all these thoughts and feelings but then it feels like the ca- the character can become a teaching moment more than a real person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I so much more prefer a game like this where, like, you know, Cat- Cassio has her identity uh, sorted out, but she is just still struggling with so many things, and we don't... Yeah. The game doesn't shy away from showing you the parts that she still doesn't understand about herself. Mm-hmm. Precisely. that That's, like, exactly, I mean, like, the difference between, like, Orange is the new Black and Pose, you know... Mm-hmm is is like i mean it's huge <laughs> where am i getting it? yeah like this <laughs> this story like where it's clear that um like you said you know even if it's not autobiographical like the feeling is real mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's one of those 
stories, essentially, that I played instead of watching. And I thought, okay, like a trans person worked on this, I'm pretty sure. And it's always like my first instinct after I watch or um, rarely play. Um, <laughs> but in this case, play the game and like, okay, who made this game? Mm-hmm. Who wrote it? Mm-hmm. It's like either they're trans um, or they're a very talented mind reader or something. Because <laughs> um, it's it's like, it's too genuine for it not to be authentic. It's too real. And that was a thing. And I mean, I think for me, what makes a great story is when I'm watching it and I can be like, I can't tell if this really happened or not to someone because mm-hmm. it just feels so for real. Sure. I mean, even to me, I mean, I, I, I'm not trans, but there is so much of the queer experience that is reflected in Cassio's story when it comes to the way her family reacts to her uh, explaining her identity or like the way that she like seeks out her own sort of chosen family. Like mm-hmm. those those elements of the queer experience felt so real and those are so much more rarer to find done so well in in media. Yeah. Like one of the first uh, scenes of dialogue you have in the game, um, in the A plots, because it opens with the like uh, B space plot uh, mystery thingy. But like once you get to like Cassio's story, one of the first scenes that happens is like her talking to her mom and it's going pretty well until her mom starts saying like, what what is it with the, your hair and these clothes like you're going through this phase i just want you to like settle down with a nice woman and like get a stable yeah. job what, blah, what blah, did blah. the city do to you dublin must have been so so hard on you if this is yeah. how you are now yeah and yeah mm-hmm. immediately it's just like oh yeah like this is a very familiar scene to a lot of uh, queer and trans people oh, so is yeah. it yes. um, yeah she also I, I mean literally it's i mean like just some of the words that the mom uses mm-hmm. i mean like she literally i think she calls cassio's like clothes or hair like funny like or you dress funny you look funny or something at mm. one point and like i i mean that, that's like again one of those things i was like this this had to have been written by a trans person yeah and i was glad to find out that it was mm-hmm. but i also like at the same time i had no doubt and then i was also like you know like worried about it or something i don't know mm-hmm. but it's like that i mean like i used like literally like my dad had that same like wording or there, yeah, there was like a that handful of those moments mm-hmm. yeah that were I mean, so on point that, like you said, that it felt so real. I mean, mm-hmm. just in addition to, like, like how vivid they described, like, the people and all of, like, the things that they they hated and loved or the places or, like, just how things smelled or how she felt, like, at the rock show and everything was all yes. so, I, I mean, oh, so visceral. But, so good. but in addition to that, just, like, yeah, like, it's cool that this game also, like, ticks all the boxes that, like, it's not just, like, written by a trans person it's also like developed and produced by like trans artists right yes yeah yeah i believe the head artist um the head artist leah is also um uh, is also trans um but yeah so yeah like also uh, i think i think annapurna's trans too yeah (laughs) that's uh, it's it's so cool what a dream (laughs) um but i mean it's those I i mean I just, even just a few years ago, I wouldn't have even thought of <laughs> like that yeah. kind of team That was existing. the feeling I had. I was like, wow, this, this feels so like a, a, a queer story. This so well told could only exist right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Yeah. And that's, it's, and that's incredible. I mean, it's, it's very, it's very uh, heartening to hear, to experience that right now. Um, it really, really is. Um, especially, especially with so much, you know, uh, anti-trans legislation going on not just in America but all over the world that like that the power to tell stories this beautiful like has not been removed still like that 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 makes me feel really great about like okay no we're we're still moving in a good direction even though there are still awful things happening 
Yeah. Whew, yeah. Oops. Oops. <laughs> Oops, I made it sad. <laughs> no, it, it, it's so true. And I, I think I was really disheartened last year. Um, I mean, just in addition to everything being shut down, the pandemics and the pandemics, like there's more than one. <laughs> the multiple there pandemics. was more than one. There's a lot of, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of mental, oh, mental man. pandemics. <laughs> but it was like, I mean, we're seeing all this legislature and I, like I was, I was getting more like furious than I ever had. Cause it was like, really like right now, like, yeah, like so concerned about like their grandparents dying and you sneak in this legislature, like you're helping somebody. Uh, and I, I mean, it was just destroying me. And I, I was like losing all like motivation to do, I mean, anything to, mm-hmm. to create anything. Cause it was like, this is so bad. So yeah. I really love what you just said. Like it, it's, it's sad and somber, but it, it really is. It, it does fill me with a certain amount of, of hope that I haven't felt in a while that like these, this, these stories are being produced. These are being told like yeah. more people will like, you know, get that little ounce of empathy from this. And that like, that, that gives me some hope again. It's, mm-hmm. it's a good sad. <laughs> A good yeah. sad. A, a great notable thing about this game is like, you know, she goes, Cassio goes through a lot of struggles and, um, you know, this black hole narrative of like a, um, you know, a force coming to consume the world kind of comes full circle and, you know, shines light on a very dark part of Cassio's story that we experience towards the end. But ultimately, spoiler alert, it is a happy ending. And so it's yeah. just so heartening to have, you know, a feel good story. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. because she mm-hmm. the, the I don't know how how spoilery can we get? Yeah, I'm, I'm well, going to talk more. I'll, I, what I'm going to say is more thematic than actual mm-hmm. actual plot. Um, I think we'll, we can mm-hmm. we can save real plot beats for later. But you know, when the game the game deals with so much in mental illness and depression and that, you know, so much of Cassio's sadness comes from her hate for herself because she believes that so many people around her don't don't care for her, don't understand her, and that you know that the resolution of this game is. You know, her her finally understanding that there are people in the world that care about her, no matter how harsh they might be or how difficult it might be for them to, you know, find common ground together. And I think that that mirrors perfectly, you know, the, the larger struggle that, you know, a lot of trans people and queer people all, all over the world go through is like, when it seems so dark and you want to hate yourself so much, you know, what 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 always comes through for most people is remembering that their family's always there still. Yeah, and I think a lot of the conflict in this game, too, comes from the fact that, like, uh, the people Cassio surrounds herself with are also going through a lot. Um, so after, in the beginning, when she has this fight with her mom, um, she goes out and uh, goes to this, like... Um, uh, this like abandoned manor on a hill where her friend Column is staying with his boyfriend Jack, um, and uh, this uh, third member of their band uh, named Shans. And so basically, um, she just moves in with them, and the four of them form this little like queer squatting cohort of them like <laughs> hanging out in this Squat manor. Up. Um, and so like it explores a relationship between the four of them. Uh, like I said, the three of them are in a band, and Cassio's, uh, <laughs> I guess, a groupie in a sense. <laughs> it's um, like an even queerer Scott Pilgrim, right? Yes, yeah. I, that's Very what I that. thought. I thought of Scott Pilgrim a, um, a few times playing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. yeah, it's Scott Pilgrim, but they're all Wallace Wells. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like um, a lot of the story is like exploring her relationship with uh, these three friends that she meets and how they become. A chosen family for her, but also, um, you know, also are still struggling with their own issues. 
and I thought what was interesting is like, particularly with Shans, who is uh, this character in the game who Cassio doesn't know at first, but then they become closer. He is like a, um, essentially they like, um, a romance plot happens and like Cassio turns him down and it's a very hurtful moment and kind of leads Cassio towards like, you know, her, her dark sense. Sets, sets her down her path bit. of like self, yeah. self-doubt and, and depression. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But we find out in the epilogue, spoiler alert, that like Shans, you know, so this epilogue spans like the years afterwards coming into modern life. And we learned that Shans uh, comes out as non-binary. And so like a lot of like, you know, what you find out is like a lot of the issues in that relationship were coming from the fact that Shans didn't know a lot about themselves either. So, um, yeah. And even in one of the epilogue options, in that moment because there's basically all these different like you only make choices at in the epilogue Mm -hmm. um it's not like a choice-based game um it's just sort of like just little bits and pieces of dialogue that's the real only choices definitely not like a like is this the good choice or the bad choice kind of game but one of those choices in the um the epilogue story about i believe their name is anu yeah after they come out as non-binary is like if you if you say the certain thing, Cassio even talks about that they like, even though it was like awkward, like that little romance, the romance plot that happened between the two of them, like that they really, you know, they were in a dark time and they were figuring themselves out and they really mm-hmm. helped each other a lot. And I was like, that's that's so much more interesting to me exactly than yeah. like they fell in love and and kissed and like oh look how cute that is the end like yeah it's so much more complex it feels more real. And yeah. it was so nice to see, like, also, like, it, it's only briefly mentioned once again in another choice. She kind of talks about, like, her sexuality, like, a little bit, um, Cassio does, when mm-hmm. she's at the punk show in the main game. And she, like, sees, like, the headliner, like, the lead singer or guitarist. And yeah, it's she, like a duo. Like, so she's, like, instantly falls band. in love with her. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she also mentions going to like this like drag show in the epilogue and one of the options you can say that she's going with a a friend friend mm-hmm. and she mentions it's like a girl named Laura and it's I, I don't know it, it's it's really neat to see also a trans character who's like also like a a queer or lesbian maybe bi or pan yeah. not sure but mm-hmm. like a a trans girl like who likes girls like it's I don't know that's that's really neat to see but also I- but what you just said, I kind of love that the, the game doesn't even really care about defining that about Cassio, mm-hmm. really. Like this, and I, and oh, I, yeah. I so appreciated the story um, with Shans and like them not ending up together. Or that the game not turning into a romantic thing because, yeah, that's so true. Like her, what what makes so much more sense for Cassio's story is that she needs to figure out herself with herself by herself, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, to to bring it all back to the game of it all and and the diary of it all like yeah. that mm. i think part of what makes the game you know feel so well written and so personal is that it's it's a diary it is it is cassio's most personal intimate thoughts and that the game is entirely about you erasing every single one of those thoughts just it it becomes more heartbreaking the more you the game goes on and the more you start to understand why someone like cassio would want to erase like all of these things that as you're playing the game you're going Wow, it's so yeah. beautiful. Why would she ever want to get rid of this? Yeah, I th- I found that the erasing mechanic, I found it so like visceral and compelling. Mm-hmm. Like I remember there were moments specifically, like I, one moment that stands out, I remember the first time I was playing through it. Um Cassio's like shithead brother, <laughs> who was just like like so like so transphobic and just like uh, such an asshole. Like I remember like moments mm-hmm. where like 
when he would come on, I would like read the dialogue. I would just like violently like erase him, <laughs> you know? And so yeah. like, it, it was like cool how like, you know, this simple gameplay mechanic of just like erasing to progress the story um, allowed you to like emotionally connect to the story in a yeah, cool way. It, it pu- it's, yeah, a, it's, mm-hmm. it's the game pulling empathy out of you. Like, yeah. In, mm-hmm. in, in a, that beautiful way that video games only can pull empathy out of people <laughs> by making yeah. them the participant Agreed. in the story. Yeah. And on the flip side too, there were moments where like, you know, it would cut to like a like landscape shot and like I would want to linger and like I felt kind of hesitant about mm. erasing. And so like, it was cool again, yeah. like connecting with Cassio. Like, when is she not wanting to like erase this memory as quickly? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm so glad that we're talking about the erasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, so I, you know, I expected to be sad by the end of this game, but I, I booted it up, and I, I clicked to thinking I was going to go to the menu, and I erased a little bit, and I was like, oh, I erased more, and then I erased another page, and then you know it was just the space stuff. But I was like, oh. And then I got to the diary and I started erasing, I mean, her memories of her mom, I think was like one of the first things, like just her, like she's little things to remember about all the people in her life. And she starts, I, I mean, erasing that, like her, like key core memories yeah. of her mom. And I was instantly sad. Mm. I was sad from the beginning. And I like it, like it clicked for me so fast and I was I was curious if that was if that was the the case yeah. for for the two of you also. Yeah, especially because like well, like when each character is like mentioned on the page, uh, Cassio has like um, a list of like things to remember about this person, things they like, things they don't like. Uh, my favorite thing about them, and like yeah, erasing mm-hmm. those, it immediately mm-hmm. just like. <gasps> It, it, it felt like visceral yeah and sometimes and sometimes you can even see like there'll be a portrait of, of her mom uh, but there'll be a scribble over it and you erase mm-hmm. the scribble first and then after you erase the scribble then you go back and you erase the portrait so you can mm-hmm. even see like before this moment you can already see how she's gone back and like recontextualized moments that she originally um yeah. was uh maybe had had more positive feelings about oh yeah even even one of the first things that you see that she wrote about um, Anu, it says they left. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you erase that first before reading about uh, them for the first time, even, I think. Yeah. Um, or one of the early times. So like, you all, oh. so it's like one of those, you already kind of know how it's going to go before the yeah. story gets to that point. And I love it. That oh, foreshadowing, it was, mama. <laughs> yeah, it was, that, that was such an unexpected surprise. Like, and after I played it, like I, I like just immediately started calling friends on discord, telling them. And I was like, you, and I was like, wait, don't tell them about the racing thing. Let them find out. <laughs> I was like, play yeah. it on the switch. Just play um, it. Or and, mobile or mobile too. We did. I don't know. We mentioned, but it's PC, yeah. mobile and switch. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know the mobile part. Yeah. yeah you I can just put your iOS. finger on it. Oh, that's amazing. I put it on PC and it was beautiful for sure, but I kind of wish I played on the Switch, but I we'll get to that, I assume. But the the erasing was so pointed and because I mean just thinking about like an eraser, like the term erasure mm-hmm. is so exactly. particular, specific, uh and poignant in the trans community. It's it's sort of a double-edged sword because on one side, when you think of erasure in relation to our community, I mean, I immediately think of, I mean, all the legislature that's been happening this year, last year, 
almost my entire life. Yeah, years and years and years. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All this this legislature, I mean, like, saying trans teens or trans college students can't, you know, uh, who are athletes can't perform in the correct team or can't, you know, play sports at all or denying them access to anything from blockers or any sort of medical help mm-hmm. or even, I mean, mental health help. I mean, all these things that are happening in, like, Arkansas and everything, and Alabama, yeah. oh, and the Carolinas. I mean, and, that's what I and, think of and first. And don't forget the UK. The UK is also doing it, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and one of the Dakotas. Uh, I, I mean, I guess it'd be easier to go through which places aren't doing it. Or not, yeah. <laughs> um, sadly. Um, but that's, that's the first place my mind goes to when I think about erasure is, uh, like... Like we're being erased, erased by, by society, by our by government, public, by yeah. our society, and and it's it's become a hot topic. <laughs> I mean, for conservatives, for men, or I mean, just for your like family conversations. Like, I feel like I can't even watch stand up anymore. Like, if it's like a you know just some straight dude. But then this um, game is like self erasure, though. Like, mm-hmm. and that's and that is what's so fascinating to me is like thinking about the greater context of erasure by society. Mm-hmm. But then there's also this game is so much about like the the stuff that comes from inside of you that you want to erase about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's and that's the other side of that double edged sword. Um, and something that that I mean that's been a like a conversation like in in like just small like trans talks I've had like just one on one or like in a support group. Or even like in like a like a panel discussion sort of place like that's always come up like it came up in 2013 and I feel like it's still relevant now, which is like like do we erase our past once we start to transition or as we're transitioning or after if you feel like a person who has an after for your transition um, I don't know if it works that way or not but where am I getting with this? There's no, it's I, so overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's I, I I definitely understand what you mean. It's like this question of how much of our past do we retain, how much of it do we uh, shut away or erase away, and it's yeah, um, yeah. I, I I feel like I feel like the newer generation, like definitely like Gen Z, is like I feel like they're a lot more progressive on the topic. Like it's like. Oh yeah, this is this is a part of us. Like this is our history. Like mm-hmm. there's like no need to erase. Like I'm like I'm not shying away from that, and I I think that's I I think that's probably gonna be like the most like the healthiest way mm-hmm. to like move forward in your life and and be at peace with it. And I know it's also not right with everybody, and especially like when I was like first coming out and starting to transition and like. Whew, gee golly gosh like 2011 2010 and like I was going to support groups um in the Bay Area I was a lot of older trans women mostly and there was like all this talk about like like your Facebook page like what do you do with that like when you transition like do you do you delete the whole thing? Do you just get rid of the pictures? Like, do you go through and change your name do you, everywhere? Do you make a do you make a new one? Like, yeah, one, yeah. And I thought about that. I mean, so much, especially when I was like early on in my transition, and I I kind of came to the conclusion that was like like I don't like feel the need to like talk about it all the time, but at the same time, it's like like a piece of my history, and like I don't want to. 
erase it. Like because I, because I so much of, so much of who you are still comes from who you were growing up, and not not related to your gender identity or anything. Right. But just how you were raised or the place you grew up, like that. All of that is still relevant to you. That stuff doesn't become irrelevant. Yeah, and uh, so much of that is formative. That's where I got all my love of, you know, comedy and and video games. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that. And you know, Guitar Hero, I guess, rock band. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> were you were you were you super into rock band? I was. I if I had it right now, I still would be. Oh my god! Um, incredible. I know. Is is Guitar Hero dating myself now? <laughs> no, I feel like it might. Be. We dropped some. We dropped some DJ Hero references on this podcast. <laughs> DJ Hero. Oh my god, that was one I did not play. I, I was do have never good at Guitar Hero, and like I, I always like felt like um inept <laughs> no 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 i was so good at guitar here but i felt really? so bad and dumb about it because i could not play the real guitar and i was like oh, oh yeah fucking <laughs> guitar here rock band was a total guilty pleasure uh, for sure but yeah. it was like also the big thing like on my street like in my neighborhood oh my gosh and, but <laughs> and all the i mean people just come over all the time to play rock band see that that's fun i love that <sighs> that was those were the days and um, now see, I try to get my but, 20-something friends to come over to my house and play rock band. And they're like, you still have rock band? <laughs> like, listen, yeah, just, in my, just in my closet. Mm-hmm. Just all that plastic just sitting there in boxes. It's in my storage <laughs> unit down in oh, L.A. Man. I actually do have some friends who are down uh, for rock band night, to their credit. Um, oh and I love that them That sounds like it. a blast. Um, uh, post-vaccine, I would love a rock I band know. Moment. I can't wait. <laughs> we can't be sharing a microphone right now um, <laughs> um real quick to, set, to tie your point um back yes. into uh this game thank you um and quick <laughs> i'm such uh, a tangential person I no i love it no we uh, thank love. you so quick spoilers for this game again go play it it's like a two-hour experience um it's really really great it's a it's uh, a good movie yeah. yeah. Oh, I was going to say that too. Um like we talked about the like conversation about games being cinematic. Uh last week when we talked about The Last of Us Part 2, I had the thought like to me this feels like a game more close to cinema than that. Right. Uh in that it feels like a self-contained, you know, 2-hour experience that tells a like concise story. That doesn't um, that doesn't require an intense amount of interaction from the yeah. audience, but but enough that you stay engaged the entire yeah. time mm-hmm. and doesn't give you a million side quests because yeah. Martin Scorsese ain't ever asking you to uh, go collect some mushrooms for him. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, so go play that g- <laughs> um, So go play the game. Uh, I do want to talk about the ending real quick. Uh, mm. So yeah, you find out uh, that the reason you've been erasing this entire time uh, is because uh, Cassio kind of has a breakdown towards the end where she locks herself in this home after, uh, you know, after the police her have, friends like, her friends like get evicted and like yeah. being squatters but she breaks back in and has been like staying there and nobody yeah. can find her yeah nobody can find her she's essentially like starving herself and is you know freezing it's the middle of december um mm-hmm. and you know in order to stay warm she starts burning the pages of this diary that contains mm-hmm. all the memories of her her friends and her family and the experiences that you've erased up to this point um and it gets very intense very climactic um, and then all of a sudden the little eraser icon turns into a pencil icon and you start writing words instead mm-hmm. of erasing things. Um, and you start writing like the word, um, I, I forget, something along the lines of like, it's okay. Or, everything's um, okay. Yeah, everything's okay. Everything's okay. And you start and writing that, that word. over and over and over again. Yeah. Oh, and then it's this beautiful moment. It's, um, it's 
you know, Cassio comes to and her mom is hugging her and says, um, it's okay, Cassio, I've got you. And it's the first time that her mom has called her by her Cassio. true name. Um, mm. And man, I, I fell out. It was um, oh. beautiful. And yeah, from then on, uh, this epilogue that we've been referencing in the past, instead of erasing things, you are writing things in a new journal that she is uh that she has acquired and is, you know, uh, starting to tell her own story after this traumatic event. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just in the immediate, but like over the next like few decades, you see yeah. her like coming back to write in the journal. Mm-hmm. Um, and But only this time, like, not only are you like, you, you press a button to write a word, but it also starts giving you the option to like write how she feels about something yeah. or what happened to somebody. Yeah, those dialogue options uh, like Jasmine mentioned. And you but... get to like put the drawings down and you get to yeah. like oh my God. choose how you like sort of frame the drawings with the words. Mm-hmm. Were you, were you mm-hmm. too like very particular about that when you were doing that? Yes. <laughs> I like wanted to watch it again. And mm-hmm. but I was like, oh, I don't want to like write everything out. Like, let me just watch it because I wanted to see something that was said um, or like different choices. So I looked up somebody playing it on YouTube and they were literally like, click, 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 click. They were just like putting the sentences like in any direction just to do it as fast mm-hmm. as possible. And I was no, like, this is so wrong. Like, I hate this. Bitch, I can't read. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Uh-huh. Like you're I was like the meticulous. Best mm-hmm. um, I was also like, okay, let me stop at this sentence and continue like this next sentence, like a new paragraph because that feels right. Yes, um, MLA yeah. format, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was like um, just a beautiful way to like um, flip this game mechanic on its head, and yeah. uh, and most importantly, my my favorite thing was the very last, the very last one you get at the end where you get like a little character creator game mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because throughout throughout the whole game. Um, every time you see Cassio, she draws herself as less detailed and defined than everyone else around yeah. her. Um, oh, that's I so love. clever. Yeah. I hadn't thought Be- about that, yeah. Oh, that was like, I immediately was like, oh, well, that's so, that, I love how she is like, she is so sketched out, but like, you know, Sean's or her mom or Fergal have like the more defined hairstyles. And so that the very last mechanic in the game you get is, I think she writes something that's like, I'm so much more comfortable with who I am now. And then it lets you start choosing like, her hairstyle and the color of her hair and if she wears glasses or not and what her eyes look like. And that is like, that is the moment like when my face like scrunched up and like tears just immediately like came out of my eyes because I was just like, oh, I fucking nailed it. Um, uh, yeah, I, this is the question I've been dying to ask you all. And I kept trying not to ask it before we recorded <laughs> or message you on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But did you get the trans rights achievement? Yes. Oh, well, Eric, yes. well, Eric, you played on Switch, so oh, Switch doesn't no. have achievements. What is the trans rights achievement? Uh, if you put the trans pride flag behind her in that character creator, you I get did. a little achievement on Steam that says trans rights. Trans rights. And yes. I took I four screenshots. And I was like, this is the best achievement oh, on yeah. Steam. I was gonna mm-hmm. I was gonna post my uh my I took a picture of of my little uh Cassio that I made. I did yeah. too. Oh. I just sent it so you can see. <laughs> oh, yeah, see. the little, yeah, little uh, oh, that's so good. Uh, I loved cute. it Wait, so much. Hold on. Wait, I'm going to send mine right now, too. Give me a sec. Amazing. I did not We'll have to post mine. all these <laughs> when this episode comes out. Yeah. I, I just, I, I want to have that screenshot of that achievement unlocked just in casual conversation so I can just drop that, you know, on Discord or in a text message or whatever. Something actually goes right mm-hmm. for once. Achievement unlocked. Yeah. Trans rights. <laughs> I was like, this is, this is just the best. But anyway, isn't that, I mean, that's, that to me, I was like, oh, this is phenomenal that the game, that like the final like ending note of the game feels like, oh, now you get to, 
you get to go wherever you want now, or Cassio is free to go wherever she mm-hmm. wants now. Mm-hmm. Um, because the game sort of becomes about like how you choose to represent yourself or how you decide you want to be perceived by people. And the game is sort of about her struggle to like come to terms with that about her existence. Yeah. Uh, and the game kind of wraps up with her going like, no, I am comfortable with who I am. This is who I want to be. And it's whatever you want it to be. I just, yeah. Uh, Ooh, Ludo I... narrative harmony. And I... Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. There's that word. <laughs> There's that phrase. <laughs> Our favorite video game buzzword. Also, have you all ever played a game where you created your character at the very ending of the game before? No, yeah, <laughs> so no. for me. I mean, I like imagine like playing like through, you know, an RPG. I guess Cyberpunk came to mind because it's on my desktop. Not the best one to choose in this context, <laughs> but you know, but imagine like Oops. finishing the game, going oh, Dragon the Age, story, Dragon Age, and then they were yeah. like, "Hey, who are you?" You know, it's so interesting. Mm-hmm. It's such mm-hmm. an interesting story beat as a mechanic and that and that to me is like that's why i feel like we talk about video games in context of theater more than film on mm-hmm. this podcast because that to me is such a theatrical gesture to end the story with it doesn't feel to me like a filmic thing mm-hmm. like the the best the best kind of theater to me is like the kind of art that makes it feel incredibly personal to you yeah um and i think games and theater both uh, are 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 at their best when they find ways to bring those sorts of mechanics into their story. Mm-hmm. When I got to the the drawing, like when I got to the pencil, finally, like I got to start, you know, writing and, and like getting back on track with her, like keeping track of her own history, like definitely hit me hard. Like it didn't make me sad. Like it actually made me really happy. If anything. Because I, I think kind of getting back to uh, what I got lost on earlier because I started thinking about Rock Band was, <laughs> I mean, that idea of erasure is like, it can be hard because like when you're younger, and I know for me when I was younger, like part of me really wanted to erase everything, not tell anybody, like not ever have it have to be a thing. And then there was, but then there was another point in my life where I knew was like, I'm like, like I'm well I'm well adjusted enough and I'm like I'm in a position where like I can talk about this like I can be open about this and it's fine on my mental health I enjoy talking about it maybe I can make something that reaches somebody like who needs to hear it like if I also have some place in art and so I was like okay I'm a person who can talk about this and then it sort of made me glad that I still had my history like I have these old things that are like cringy like things that I like like wrote really early in my transition which we all which we, have yeah we, totally we have. all have those yeah <laughs> I was the biggest dork in the world uh-huh. so <laughs> me too <laughs> me too I hope there's no pictures of me playing rock band or guitar hero this is not a rock band or guitar hero podcast um but uh, it could be <laughs> um we're getting the oh, band back together <laughs> Um, we're gay for play we're here to make you think about death and stuff um is that what they say in scott pilgrim oh no can i get canceled oh yeah yeah i know know. (laughs) um 
What was I saying? See, I got derailed by Rock Band again. We by Rock Band again. <laughs> she strikes again. By harmonics no. is almost hit. <laughs> Something you said, Jasmine. I was trying to pull up my screenshots from the game because I took oh, a million. Um, but Say, ep- I have my switch right here, and I was, I'm going to look at my screenshots right now. Uh, but in the epilogue, with, there's a scene with her mom, um, uh, and her mom says to her, "I'm just glad you're happy. If being yourself makes you happy, then that's all I want for you." And Cassio says in response, "Like being myself doesn't mean I'm happy every minute, but it means that I can experience emotion at all." And thank you for being here. Oh. Um, I thought that was just such a like beautiful thing of like yeah like being myself it's not like the cure-all to the human experience but it's like yeah it's that most necessary step you know what i mean yeah that that (laughs) that helps remind me thank you um (laughs) that like going through and erasing those things and i know one of you said i loved it so much that like you like felt the things that you didn't want to erase Mm-hmm. Like you're like no, no 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 you should keep this one you know but you like you had to yeah, do it that for a while yeah mm-hmm. and just from the beginning I just wanted to tell her like no 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 don't erase it like just keep this like you I like yeah. I know right now like you hate it and you don't want it and you want to you want to burn but it but maybe someday but later someday yeah. and even in one of the epilogue yeah. choices when you're actually writing like you can talk about like rewritten history or like lost history which was. I, I mean, so particular, so poignant to this game that, like, she she kind of wishes that she had kept some of this. and But she's, like, happy to, you know, like, start anew at the same time. Um, or you can make her say that she's, like, just happy, like, just to start over. And, I, like, I think those are two, like, very real experiences to very different, like, trans people. Um, and that, I, like, all of that, like... I mean, just the fact that there's so much like to think about in this game in terms of, you know, like the trans experience, like what it makes you think of or like what you can sit and talk about for so long. Such a testament to the authenticity of this game. I was just so yeah. surprised and it's not even, uh, we were talking about it earlier and I think Laura says it in one of the articles um, that we were looking at that in the main game, there's no mention of of the word trans there's not even a mention of the word mm-hmm. gay. Mm-hmm. I think Maggie says queer once, or she says it to Maggie at some point. Um, mm-hmm. But in a very Irish, oh, ain't that queer? I, I think she, oh no, Ma- yeah. it was Maggie. She said that people thought she was queer growing up. Oh, oh, Ma- no, I yeah. Don't yeah, I remember that. Um, and it's, it's just like, like this is, this is, it, this is the direction that I want trans storytelling to move towards. Like, mm-hmm. like I, like I don't want. I mean, like we're talking about oranges, the new black, where it's like informative, which was which was amazing for the time in 2013, um, because it was right. it was definitely wild. I was just thinking about that too, watching Disclosure, and if you haven't watched Disclosure, uh, ally up, <laughs> go watch Disclosure. It's so good. Yeah, no, it's, it's um, so good. And I mean, just thinking about like that versus now, and. It was weird because in 2013, like, I went from coming out to people and people are like, so you like boys? Like, like not knowing anything about it to going like, oh, yeah. I saw this on Orange is the New Black. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was so weird, but mm-hmm. like... There was a palpable we, like, moment. We have to be at that point where it's not, you know, it's not just informative because uh, like an informative story, like a, you know, like a 101 like, mom, I am who I am, and I'm transgender, and I need to take hormones now. 
um, like, uh, I don't know what voice that was. Was that a quote or did you just I, make that that's up? Just, that's just from my life. Um, that's how I came out to my parents. <laughs> I'm just, I think... As the, as the main character from Sunset Boulevard is Norma Desmond. I think I might have been Lumpy Space Princess. It might have been what that was. <laughs> yeah, there was a little bit of that in there, too. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> Lumpy Space Princess is trans. Are they? Is that your headcanon? Or is that canon? Because, uh, I mean, for Adventure Time, it could be. My headcanon. <laughs> I love Lumpy uh-huh. Space Princess. I'm actually watching that all the way through, finally. Mm-hmm. Ah, I was derailed by something oh, other than show. Rock Band. Which is, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think the, the drawing at the end of the game, like being able to draw and be able to write, was such a like interesting twist for this game where you've been erasing, and, and I, I personally did, like I didn't find it as a game where she needed to like, like the story wasn't like Cassio finding herself even though like she kind of talked about it almost as if it were a MacGuffin you know like this is what the character is after like oh she needs to find herself she needs to find herself like really I I think the point of the story and I think what is often the case especially with trans youth um and and like the troubles they get into like um the the issues the conflicts they have with their parents um is their parents needing to find themselves their parents needing to understand yeah the kid like like cassio is like like pretty adamant like like um laura mcgee said like she's not an expert on gender theory which is so great and i think we all need a reminder of that mm-hmm. sometimes like i need to be like the best influencer on instagram to post anything i need to know everything about trans <laughs> history ever yeah um but you don't like you you get to exist and and be in your gender and like and then, like, in, experience that joy, and that's ah, that's where we get to in this game, and it's so and, nice. And, and this, and this, yeah, and this game is such a great step in that direction because I think what we talked about in the last episode on Blast of Us Part Two about Lev is like the best, the best thing for trans representation is just more of it, um, because the more that there is, the less that the singular pieces of it have to be so ideal and perfect. And have um, you seen Disclosure? <laughs> I've not seen disclosure. No way. That, I now. think um, either Jen Richards yeah, or well, that's, I, I pulled literally the, says almost exactly yeah. that. Like it was, and I pulled that. It was Jen Richards, mm. and I pulled that quote from uh, oh. for that episode. Where, yeah, oh, you says, probably like, said it. You probably said it was from disclosure in the episode. I just forgot oh. where it was from. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Okay. No, that's sorry. Amazing. Sorry. I did, yes. I didn't plagiarize uh, Jen Richards. <laughs> Jen Richards would be okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you wish exactly that. Oh man. Um, okay. Any final thoughts on the game? We do need to move into our next segment uh, in a bit, but um, man, um, it's a. One of you mentioned also. Um, there was a line about. Oh, I I had it and I I can't find it in my notes anymore. But I remember early on, um, Cassio talked about it was when uh, her and Anu went back to, um, her old house and got stuff like got her like clothes and stuff like they broke in um Mm -hmm. and like her brother confronted her and she like ran out but she was like going through her clothes and it was something like that like the clothes were just other people's ideas of what they thought she would like and she's like i didn't really pick up my clothes because i like i didn't have enough of an opinion like to care about it and i was like fuck Mm -hmm. i said that to my my mom like i literally like said like exactly that can we swear on this podcast (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay good absolutely yeah um (laughs) 
I like I literally like that was one of the interesting things for me like when like I even I, I used to not even like the phrase coming out I still kind of don't like I, I used to say like especially like in educational settings or if I was like doing like a like a talk or something like I would say like I was when I started being like open or being authentic with my family instead um that it was interesting because I like I, I used to be like a really like um, like, non, like, combatant person. Like, I wouldn't get into, like, arguments. Like, I didn't care, like, where we ate or what we did, um, like, before I transitioned or, or was open. And, but then after, like, my mom and I started getting into, like, arguments finally, like, like almost to the point of heated. Um, but, like, not quite. My mom's, uh, I mean, like, she's a therapist. She's super lovely, and she's also a lesbian. Like, she's uh, uh, very, 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 very supportive uh, from day one and um but like we we were having this argument I think one time like about clothes or something like that um or I think it was like about like bed sheets and we were arguing and all of a sudden like she stopped and and she was like I I'm actually just really happy that you have an opinion about this so like before like we just couldn't get anything (laughs) out of you like if we took you like clothes shopping you'd be like I didn't care and I like I didn't even realize that like I was so like I was so in my own head and I was so like compulsively like worried about uh like my body or the dysphoria or transitioning and I was like I like if I did think about clothes I like I worried like oh is like is this gonna out me if like is this too feminine or if I get mm-hmm. this and it's too masculine and then people are gonna think later on it's like oh but you wore that shirt like how could you transition like <laughs> which is so yeah. so I just I just didn't and it's just another one of those it found just has so many like little little touches like just feels like a little wink from the yeah, the trans person yeah. writing it to me and I was like oh they get it like how how else how else could you know unless you live unless yeah you live and I, yeah. I've like, never gotten that from a game and I hope to get it from a game yeah. again soon <laughs> yeah it's so rich and so rife with uh, specificity and I think. Yeah, that's just a, a testament to how well told of a story sure this is. is. And yeah, how pretty it is. I don't know we gushed enough about how oh, yeah, the art is gorgeous. The art style yeah. here it's is. all like sketchbook style art, but like the way that it's colorized, um, especially like in the like um, um, kind of oh. landscape mm. establishing shots. Or especially in the, in the space B yes. plot, like with the yeah. starry landscapes. Like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Or the music. Beautiful. And that like. even touch that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is, yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, and I was gonna say like during the like um, during the like rock yeah. performance scene, like th- that is so cool. Like how dynamic this like uh, because the art crowd goes from being a crowd to like being scribbles as like the yeah. music gets more intense. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I love the part when you um you're like in the back of the crowd, but like you see like layers of like outlines of people, and you have to erase layers of layers yes. of lines of people so to get close to like on find stage. your friends. Yeah, yeah, oh, that's so good. And even uh what you mentioned the scribbles is that like the crowd is scribbles, but then you can see her clearly, but then even she starts to draw herself mm-hmm. as scribbles as it goes on. Like, mm-hmm. cause she's talking about getting lost yeah. in it. It's another one of those experiences that I think a lot of trans people have where they like just get like lost in some element. And like, that's such a beautiful representation of that. Like, she's just like, you know, like she wasn't trans. She wasn't this, like she was like, just like, being like she was just like existing in her element and like got lost in it uh, like i think that's like one of the best feelings in <laughs> transitioning um that i didn't mm-hmm. expect to have the feels about while playing a visual um 
Yeah, this like innocuous uh, yeah, visual, visual novel. novel. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just moving. I'm just moving my mouse around. And I'm crying <laughs> now. I could be an alternative oh, title of the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was moving my mouse and okay, I'm crying. Now. I could talk about this game for a million more hours, but we'll we got move go. on. <laughs> Um, but yeah, play, play if, if found. Play yeah, it. It's available on um, LOL. What's it available on? <laughs> PC, Switch, iOS, Switch. Uh, I think I think it's Android. a Switch, PC, and iOS. And I yeah, think also Android. And, um, and yeah, a go quick play mention it. of the fact that it's on the Switch too is is wild to my brain. As somebody who grew up was raised on Nintendo games, like I'm sure most of us on this call are or were. I mean, mm-hmm. um, and the fact that this. Like, I mean, beautiful and, like, intricate trans storyline, like, game is on, like, is officially on a Nintendo, a Nintendo console. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't imagine, yeah. like... Yeah. Well, well, we we had Birdo, oh, let's be I, honest. I, like... I thought you, you guys are having me on next week for a three-hour Birdo special. I saw that on oh, Patreon. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, check it out on our Patreon. Yeah. I'm ready to talk three about hour Birdo, Birdo talk. for three oh hours. God. How wild. I I have had people Famously, in my life Super Mario Brothers that I came out to them and they mentioned Birdo. It somehow got in there and I was like, this is oh not God. real. Um, no. Oh, so you're like so you're like Birdo from Mario. Um, only less cute, but yes. Yes, yes actually, um, exactly. That's so funny. Um, no, but the fact that it found is is on the Switch is like I like I just can't imagine like just like wandering onto that game as a kid. Like when especially like I mean, the time when I was, like, a kid. I was a kid once. Um, and there was no... Like, there was nothing positive on TV. And definitely not in-game. Like, like maybe on RuneScape, I could make my character into a girl. But that was about it. And... But, the like, you know, I, I would say this is, like, a, a PG-13 game. Like, this is definitely not... Like I, I could, I could play this as a teenager. Yeah, and for sure. Most like stumbling onto that when I was like, there's no, like, um, I mean, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I mean, would have been life changing. And now, like, I also know, like, you know, oh if I like shown my parents, like, look, 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 like this will help you understand me. Like, it would have been banned in Arkansas mm-hmm. today, but it, it's mm-hmm. it, it's <laughs> might might still be today. <laughs> it might, uh, but it, I, I think it's it's really special that it's on the Switch, and I highly recommend erasing yeah. that way versus on the computer. I think that'll be really fun. Yeah, and that little yeah, test screen, oh Hanny. I have to buy it again. That's the way to go. Or if you play docked, you can just press a button; it'll wipe it for you. So that's how I was able to like. Oh, also <laughs> oh dope! Time. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Alrighty. um, should we take a break and then come back for uh? One more thing. Fuck. I said it. <laughs> not that. <laughs> Wait. Oh, the what fracking. What was the thing that was said? Oop, not that. The fracking. <laughs> yeah, okay. we'll be right back. <laughs> Hello, welcome back to Game of Playroom. <laughs> We're here with more, more video games, more, uh, more stuff more that we're up to. More, uh, 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 play, uh, fuck, <laughs> Um, Jasmine, this has that been... That fucking deflated, holy shit. <laughs> Jasmine, this has been wonderful, like, when I, when Eric and I, um decided to record this episode i was like well this is a pretty short game i don't know how much 
how much legs we'll have to talk about it, but we've had such a rich, beautiful conversation. So thank yes. you for oh chatting about yeah. it with us. Thank you for thank you for all of the sharing. Yeah, yeah of course. I um, love sharing. Like I said, I feel like if you're in a position to do so, like at this time in history, at this crossroads, like mm-hmm. now is the time to do it. Yes. And I, I mean, I remember that now that I'm being recorded and then I'll lose that self-esteem tomorrow. But when this comes out, then I'll remember hey, that. Maybe ten, maybe tens of people will hear you talk about if found on this podcast. Wouldn't that be, doesn't that just make warm this your heart? You, tens of people. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I could shout out to our 30 I listeners. Could, I could do a whole second episode. We didn't even get into the, is Cassio also Cassipia? <laughs> mm. Cassiopeia. Uh, we, oh, we really did. We're not. We There's can't know no way. The meta, yeah. the meta of those two. <laughs> but I think so because Anu yeah. is in that storyline too. See, yeah. There's just no yeah. way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But also, mm. yeah. But also, you know, play play the game. Play yeah. the game and decide for yourself. I I think that's one of the elements that is best left to like your imagination. Quite literally, decide for yourself. Explain. It'll be a blast. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So what else are y'all up to this week? Um. Eric, you playing anything or watching anything interesting? Yeah, I'm gonna do a. I'm gonna do a quick little uh, music corner again. Ooh, yes, uh, my favorite little my favorite little segment that I like to do here at the end, where I recommend a uh, w- weird music thing that I I am very proud and also like very not ashamed but uh, confused by my music tastes. Uh-huh. Well, let me say, um, I, I just want to say, I am, I'm so glad whenever you mention a music thing as your friend, because I remember when we first became friends, um, and LOL dated for that short period of time that we dated. Um, but what? like, I remember asking you like, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. Reveal! <laughs> Go yeah, on. <laughs> Uh, but anyways i remember like asking you like oh like what kind of music are you into eric and you were like i don't really listen to music and i was like that is so weird to me i don't know if i can be friends (laughs) with this person but like you've developed quite a musical taste eric uh but anyways um i think i think for context i think what i meant in in when we had that conversation is that like i was such a musical theater faget that uh (laughs) all i listened to were like musical theater soundtracks and so when it came to like non-musicals I really like had a hard time thinking about what kind of music I liked because my taste was just so not developed there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I have been this way since I was 12. <laughs> uh, but no, I... So this week I am going to recommend the music of Danny Elfman. Did you expect me to say that name? Nope, that was the last thing I expected. To I didn't know. <laughs> um, so... You all know Danny Elfman, famed music composer. Mm-hmm. Um, he worked a lot with Tim Burton. Famously, he was the singing voice of Jack Skellington in The Nightmare Before Christmas, What's this? which he also wrote and composed the music for. He was also the talking voice um, for a little bit, but he was apparently terrible at it. Yes. Ooh. Ooh. We didn't hear that here. <laughs> Danny Elfman, don't listen. Uh, so Danny Elfman, at the ripe age of 67, has um, gone back to having a solo music career. Oh, wow. If you, I don't know if either of you knew, he was the front man for the band Oingo Boingo back in the '80s. I only recently found that I out. Did I did not know that. that. Only... So he had, so he had like an alternative punk rock um, experience in music before he became a film composer. Like he sort of transitioned, kind of like um, Trent Reznor from Nine Inch Nails has gone from like metal to uh, you know the Social Network <laughs> composer. Um, but anyway, Danny Elfman in the year 2021 has been releasing singles monthly. And um, they are uh, absolutely insane. He has gone back to this Oingo Boingo style of rock, but infused it with all of this um, metal, like industrial metal, but also he weaves his orchestral 
uh, musical stylings into the rock metal music that he's singing about. Um, oh, wow. And they they cover topics like him being a billionaire and how bad he wants to fuck. Uh, and it's, it's, it's in, you have to, you have to listen to this music. I can't believe that like, um, one of his songs like literally got remixed by Death Grips. Like Danny Elfman going from Tim Burton to Death Grips is such a fucking left turn for me. How bizarre. Um, it's and 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 that's very much what it is. It plays into like that Tim Burtony, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like a bizarre sense of style you get from Danny Elfman, but like at the age of sixty-seven, taking it into like a vulgar, explicit, like hard rock metal place. It's in I yeah. Go check them out. They're on Spotify. The music videos for them are also whacked out and super strange and. Um, He's been releasing them uh, once a month, like on like the tenth of every month. So he said he plans to do that for the rest of the year. So there'll be like a cool little weird Danny Elfman album at the end of this year that I'm very excited to be able to listen to um, in completion. That is wild. I can barely wrap my mind around what you've just told me. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe I made it up. <laughs> I hope not. I want to hear it. <laughs> uh, you just be lying for no reason, child. <laughs> I do love to cause mischief <laughs> like that. Um, real quick, I also wanted to mention a little game uh, thing that I played last night. I downloaded the demo for the remake of System Shock. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned Bioshock. I mentioned last week that I was playing the Bioshock games again on my PlayStation, mm-hmm. but um, they're also remaking the original System Shock, a game that sort of inspired the entire franchise. That's from, like, I want to say, like, 94 or 95. That was, like, this old, janky-ass PC mm-hmm. game. But it's being remade, like, full-scale in the same way that they remake, like, the Resident Evil games. Um, and oh, the wow. demo for it was uh, one of the most, like, surprising uh, experiences I've had coming into, like, what I'm expecting a remake to be. Because the game, even though it has, I think it's, like, in the Unreal Engine, so it has these 4K graphics, but all of the textures of the game are still in like the sort of like in the style of the old doom games, like very um, 16 bit SNES style, but rendered onto like these textured walls in like with 4k HD graphics and lighting. Um, And the music is like this ambient techno sort of upbeat, but very like creepy and feels like just a little unnerved. And I'm, I'm very excited to play this game now because I think it's such a brilliant such a brilliant uh, idea for like why an excuse for why you would remake a game yeah. that is so old to bring it into the present in a very um it makes me think sort of like in the way that you revive Broadway shows more than than they do remaking <laughs> movies of like mm. bringing bringing this um style back and this aesthetic back but in a in a different in a different way not in like retelling the story but just bringing the interactive elements into the present um, that's so cool. Yeah, so check out that demo. Even the demo I played was like an hour and a half. Nice. What'd you uh, play it on? It was very, PS4? very fun. Uh, no, PC. Oh, um, dope. And I, I think it probably works best on the PC because the whole game is like an homage to 90s yeah. PC games. Uh, I think that's probably like keyboard and mouse is how you should experience it. So work. check it out. Uh, what about you, Lawrence? What have you got going on this week? Um, girl, I've been slaying that spire. Um, <laughs> I've been playing Slay the Spire. Um, I didn't know you were playing that. Yeah, I, I've had it on Switch for a long time. Uh, 
finally got into it, beat my first run yesterday. Uh, it's really cool. It's a like roguelike deck building game where you're like fighting monsters with like um, card powers. Um, it's really cool. I highly recommend that. Uh, but that's not what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to take us, Eric, you brought us to Music Corner. I wanted to bring us on to Anime Corner. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I binged watch uh, Jujutsu Kaisen this past week. Um, it's kind of like the newest, um, newest, hottest, sexiest shounen anime that's out there. Um, and I really, really love it. Uh, it doesn't reinvent the wheel in any way, as far as like the shounen anime. It's about this boy who's like, um, uh, who gets a demon trapped inside of him and then, uh, goes to school to become a sorcerer to like, uh, learn how to like, uh, exercise curses and save people. So it's like, it's, it's giving me very Naruto. It's, uh, giving me very My Hero Academia, um, thematically. But it is just so, A, beautifully animated. Like the fight sequences are like out of this world. Who was it? Who was it by? Like what, um, I think Studio Mappa did it. They also did, um, um, oh, they've recently done, they did Yuri on Ice. They did, um, the last season of Attack on Titan. Yeah. So it's really beautifully animated. Um, but, the reason I love it so much is that, like, the characters just feel so, um, so real and lovable and, like, uh, endearing. Um, the protagonist of the show is probably, like, my favorite protagonist, um, of a shonen anime in a long time in that he's, like, very likable in a way that a lot of of times anime protagonists aren't. And yeah, it, like, takes place in, like, modern-day Tokyo, too, so it feels very, like, uh, modern. It pokes fun at different anime, like, early on, like, he finds out that, like, he doesn't have any, like, big magical superpowers, and so he goes on a rant, he's like, man, I thought I was gonna be able to do, like, a Kamehameha or a Sengon or something like that, but I can't. (laughs) So it's, like, very um, tongue-in-cheek, and it's really, really great, I highly recommend it. Um, And then I- What was it on? Um, it is on Crunchyroll, and then, uh, since it's on Crunchyroll, it's available on HBO Max, too. Uh, but HBO oh. Max, uh, if you are gonna watch it subbed, uh, in Japanese, uh, they only have, like, half of the season subbed, and the, like, last half they only have available in English, but you can watch it for free on Crunchyroll with ads. Um, but I recommend checking it out, it's really, really great. I also, another anime I wanted to shout out real quick, um, it just dropped on Netflix recently, it's called Way of the House Husband. And so, what? Like, yeah, so shonen anime isn't your thing. I highly recommend this. Uh, they're like 15 minute episodes of like these short little three minute skits. And it's about this guy who is an ex uh, Yakuza boss who has like retired from the Yakuza uh, to be a house husband to like his wife, who was like a career woman. Uh, and it's just a slice of life anime about this like really gruff, uh, scary looking guy basically just being a little house husband and being a wife guy and it's so funny and so cute uh and yeah i highly recommend it it's really great um but yeah um jasmine what are you up to um i am i'm not watching any animes currently i really should Mm -hmm. that's okay too um I'm always afraid to you, get into anime really because I, I like collecting things. Like, I like collecting pins. And this company I collect mm, makes yeah. so many, like, My Hero and Dragon Ball Z pins. Um, and I'm scared that I'm going to go broke if I start to fall in love with these characters. <laughs> but I really should because I feel like the only animes yeah. I've seen, like, in any, like, good, great extent. <laughs> wow, English. In any great extent are, like, Pokemon and mm-hmm. <laughs> High School Host Club. Oh my gosh. Because um, my friends were like, watch High School Host Club. <laughs> this is like you, isn't it? <laughs> um, that's so funny. 
<laughs> um, what am I doing this week? Um, I'm we're sort of ramping up on a project that I'm doing with um on the Verge, another theater company. Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Ooh. full of delightful artists um and we're working on like a teaching project um which is weird because i haven't like taught an acting class in so long um so i'm nervous but i'm sure it's gonna be fine that's kind of cool almost feels like normal (laughs) and um i've been playing (laughs) this week more than anything weirdly enough i've been playing the pokemon trading card game online and i i never thought i'd learn how to play this game but after 26 years of life with pokemon existing for all of those years except for one i finally know how to play the card game and it's wild it's weird because it's like this has existed the whole time we've been alive and like i we had yeah. cards and we tried to play them when we were kids and we're like i don't know and it's still going strong now oh my god yeah it's it's it's, it's huge right now so trying to get cards yeah. is a whole nother thing we like like i've been playing with some of like my just like my queer friends who play games like we've just been playing like together on discord and like making decks which is delightful and everything i ever wanted as a kid and i can't wait to just go to like a board game bar and just sit there and like have drinks and and play the card game together it yes. just sounds like everything mm-hmm. i've ever wanted in the future i never thought i'd have <laughs> as a trans kid um and i'm 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 loving it i love that we're like all like deep in it and like we're trying to get so dope it's so cool right and we're like we're trying to get i also like i collected pokemon cards as a kid but i never learned how to play the training card game either exactly Um, and literally so so, it's so simple like you could do this online game and it's like it's like kind of old and janky and it has been updated in like probably like four years and and yet it, it like it teaches the game so well and it's it's actually it's really addicting um and so we want the physical cards, but those are really hard to come by because people blew it up during the yeah. pandemic. <laughs> and and so we're kind of mm-hmm. trying to, like, not trying to go broke. And we're also, like, I don't want to be a jerk who, like, takes cards away from, like, kids and stuff like that. And so, like, I went to Target on Friday morning last week to try to get cards. And there was, like, a mom and a, a kid that were, like, two people behind me. And the mom was kind of complaining, like, why are there so many, in li- why are there so many people online? It's like, why is this yeah. so crazy? Like, what people is the obsession with this? Them, and yeah. I was kind of like, there's always one person mm-hmm. like that. But at the same time, I was, like, yeah. kind of starting to listen to her. And it was, like, she's trying to get, like, cards for her kid, like, for his, like, birthday. And she was, like, going to get, like, a pack for him from, like, each of his family members who, like, can't come and see him right now. And he was so excited, and he was, like, showing his mom, like, pictures of, like, the packs that he wanted. He, like, wanted Shining Fates. And and I was like, you know, I probably judged her too hard. Like, she's just trying to do something nice for her kid. And and it it does suck. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's hard, like, when there's all these, like, you know, grown men who just want to resell and stuff. And so I don't want to be like that. And we've ragged, we've ragged on Pokemon in the past for being like a mega corporate monster. Mm -hmm. But like, when you hear that kind of story, I'm like, wow, the magic yeah, is I know. No, yeah, like, literally, it, it warms my heart that kids are still so into Pokemon. They, they are, uh, and, and, and I'm hearing from people yeah. that, like, like the GameStop by my house, um, they're like, we, like, we don't even want to sell to adults anymore. Like, we're, we're trying to, like, prioritize kids yeah. in the morning. And, and a lot of them will come, like, with their parents, and, like, that's that's so great. And so that's I so had the opportunity to, to do a good, and I did. Um, so I was, like, in line, and they let, like, two people in at Target. And there's, like, one, like, box of, like, Shining Fates left, right? And just some, like, little tins mm-hmm. and smaller things that people don't really want as much. Like, this is the rare one that, like, people are, like, reselling for too much. There was one left. It's, like, a giant Pikachu card and stuff. It's beautiful. 
And I had it, and I was in line, and then that kid comes in with his mom, just, like, right after, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, like, they don't have any more Shining Fates, and I didn't think twice about it, and I was like, here, like, have it. And I, uh, I, I handed the box uh, to her, and, and she was like, they were, like, both, like, shocked, uh, like, <laughs> like somebody was being nice in Pokemon card mm-hmm. collecting, and I was like, no, 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 like, you're totally right, like, I heard what you were saying, like, it really should be the kids first, like, like, I want to collect and have a good time, like, but I'm not going to be, like, a jerk and, like, take it away from kids, I was like, no, please, yeah. like, he, he totally deserves it, and he was so excited about it, and I was like, this is the right thing to do, like, I didn't hesitate, and, like, yes. I'm not, like, just trying to toot my so own horn. I'm not very good at that. I'm I'm way too hard on myself <laughs> for that. I just, I, like, I felt good that, like, it's just, like, collecting needed some, you know, like, some empathy, some love, you know? And I was, like, I was really yeah. happy to do that. I was glad that I got my hands on the box and not the guy after me because I felt like he would have bought that thing and paced out. And I got little tins. No, and, yeah, you, you did a good. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like I, I did a good. And I, and I hope people do more of that in the world of Pokemon because it's crazy. It shouldn't be like yeah. this. Y'all, if you're listening, go out and buy some Pokemon cards. Yeah, some buy kids. them and give it to a kid and make <laughs> a trainer out of him for life. Make it rain, baby. Yeah. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> but, you know, like, in the right context, don't go up to random kids and give them Pokemon cards. That's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do it with their parents' consent first, yeah. please. But hopefully that kid is, you know, you know, a stranger did a nice thing and the cards mean a lot to him. Yeah. And he's a trainer for life, you know? Yes. Oh, he, he's probably, like, on eBay. He's, he's like, Mom, we can make 200 bucks off of this. He's <laughs> reselling them. <laughs> it was oh, a man. fucking scam. <laughs> he scammed you. It was the plan Mom's the whole like, time. Mom's like, got another one. <laughs> Sucker. <laughs> oh, Hopefully man. Not. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, well, thank you so much for coming on, Jasmine. This was no, such a delightful oh, time. Oh, my God. Truly, I'm no shade to other guests, but this might be an all-time Oh, my God. <laughs> like, this has been so I, fun. I'm, I'm super... This one, this one might be going into award season. This might be the yes. submitted one. For your consideration, Oh, my Annie. God. I know that the honor is all mine. I'm, I'm very happy to to talk queer and to talk games, and at the same time, yes. I'm very happy that your podcast exists. Oh, thank you. Um, and thank you for being a patron. Oh yeah, yes, wow. thank you. So I can vote on that burrito episode. On... <laughs> yes, girl. We need to start putting up some polls, which might be helpful because like uh, Eric and I are starting to come to the end of our rope of like things we clearly know we want to do. So we're gonna start uh, <laughs> throwing it to the patrons yeah. soon. <laughs> we're not hitting our head against the walls or anything. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, uh, I don't know. Let's talk about uh, uh, Mario um, paint. <laughs> Mm-hmm. No, no, oh, Jasmine, you're coming back for our three-hour Birdo episode. It's gonna be. Great. It's really tempting. I have opinions. <laughs> uh, Jasmine, do you have anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, sure. I have like an Instagram and stuff. I post sometimes. Um, I have at Jazzy Mosey. If you want to, you know, see the real stuff going on in my life. Um, or if, you know, you, you just want to see the games and stuff like that. Um, that one's Al Barb. Um, and sometimes I also Twitch stream at Al Barb. Um, but if there's anything I should be plugging, it's QWERTY Gamers, which is an organization yes. that I volunteer for. I'm a volunteer streamer for, and I'm trying to, uh, as, as we said in my, uh, cute little bio at the beginning trying to expand my role of consulting because I in the before before times um was just getting into consulting and film and I loved it so much and honestly not as much filming going on right now but I'd like to see how I can expand that role and start offering that service into 
consulting on trans storylines and games and stuff like that because I want to play more yeah. and I feel like I have to help make them. So. <laughs> but Quirky Gamers is, uh, you know, if you're listening to a podcast, uh, a, you know, that's called Gay for Play, you'd probably like Quirky Gamers. And uh, they do a lot yes. of work. Uh, they're a 501c nonprofit and they're championing, championing the inclusion um, and visibility of queer people, not only just at like as people who play games and they're sort of making a community for that, but also like really getting, like helping people get their foot in the door as developers or or as artists, like in this industry. Um, And even though we used to do a lot of like in-person events that were super fun, that's how I found out about them during the Panini. They've uh, still been, um, we have lots of volunteer streamers and panel events on Twitch. And um, most importantly, they're still, doing uh micro grants right now um just little grants just to help people like if they need anything from like a new keyboard or like you know help paying for like adobe for the year so they can like work on their you know visual novel game like qwerty's helping people with that and it's it's that's so, like so i mean we really need it so we can get more queer games they're like we want to play more queer games yeah. so like let's help queer people get in there and make it so Check them yeah, out. Help Come on, me and Lawrence need to make more episodes. Make these right? queer games. <laughs> yes. It's all the synergy. Um, so yeah, look up Queerty Gamers, like a keyboard. Q-W-E-E-R-T-Y. Yeah, we'll link them in the show notes. Uh, oh, perfect. That'd be great. They're on Twitch and Instagram, Twitter. They're on all the things, unlike me. They're much better about putting themselves out there. But they're delightful humans. Word. Yeah, check them out. Oh, girl, girl, don't talk to us about oh, putting ourselves no, out there. That's going to be the death of my career. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Wow. Well, that's incredible. Definitely check that out. Uh, as for us, uh, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Gay for Play Pod. Uh, you can email us at uh, Gay for Play Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, let us know your thoughts on this game, any games you want us to cover. Um, and as we've said before, we've got a Patreon if you want to join for as low as $1 uh, at patreon.com slash Gay for Play Pod. Oh, um, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Afromed76. Eric. You can find Eric at Eric of the Sun on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. And also, if we're plugging emails, if you are looking for a trans consultant for a game, uh, I do have an email for that, which is jasmine at queerdygamers.org. Yeah. I just realized that. Stay booked. Official. Book hot. Booked and blessed. <laughs> Stay booked and blessed. <laughs> Hopefully. Wow. Well, th- Jasmine, thank you again so, so, so much. This has been a blast and a half. Yeah. Oh, my God. I. I, I should be thanking you. Thank you. Of course. <laughs> we, we, maybe we'll have you back. Oh my we'll God. See. Yes, please, for that first episode. Joy. What a dream. But go play it found. Alrighty. Yeah, go play it. Um, y'all, I'm getting a call from the Queen. She wants me to do something with um, Edinburgh, oh. I guess. <laughs> so see you later, <laughs> listeners. Bye. Bye. Squanchy. <laughs> how, how I was going to say, how do you say goodbye in Irish? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, wow. Bye. Oi, bruv, thanks so much for listening to Gay for Play. Our theme music is by Corner Marsh, and our show art is by Nick Adams, in it. If you like the show, if it chuffed your chips, uh, go on and share it with a couple of your mates via word of mouth, or consider leaving us a review on iTunes. That'd be a great way to support the show. You can also consider becoming a patron over at patreon.com slash gayforplayporn. Regardless, thanks so much for listening. Till next time, uh, keep it tight. God save the queen. <laughs> uh, love ya. Bye.